Welcome to another episode of Today's Lesson, a Nick Cave podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Sean. And today we're going to be talking with you about the next song from Your Funeral, My Trial, Hard On For Love. Sean, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Andrew. I've uh, got to say, I've got a somewhat of a hard on for this song, so I'm very excited to to dive in with you. How are How are you doing today? I'm good. Um, autumn is upon us. You know, the leaves leaves are, are, are starting to, to turn and fall. Um, it's getting a little cooler out. And you know what? I've got a hard-on for uh, the changing seasons myself. Big, big one of those. I'm right there with you. I heard the rain the other day, and I've got a hard-on for rain. I'll just say that, too. It's getting darker later or earlier i don't know if you've noticed that um yep. we usually don't yep. record when it's dark but it's dark out right now um oh, and i would say that i have a hard on for that you know i didn't notice but oh i do yeah no absolutely the seasons everything about this is really just getting me going i, I wow um unfortunately we don't have um the video component for this podcast so you won't be able to see what we're packing, but, um, you know, hopefully we'll have that result soon. Sean, this song is uh, full of suggestive, lascivious uh, lines. Really? And we, uh, we do caution now, at this point, after everything you've heard, this episode is not for uh, young listeners. No, this uh, this song, honestly, is not for young listeners. Uh, In fact, none of our episodes nor the songs we've covered have been okay this whole time. So, um, you know, apologies for the the uh, the late warning there. But yeah, wait a minute. We said this podcast is for everyone. Children should not be listening to this. Yeah, that's that one's on us. But this song is very tongue in cheek, and. While it is extremely, you know, it's, it's grim musically and lyrically uh, in its in its way, um, it kind of adds some needed levity to what is kind of a a downer of an album um, based on the songs we've addressed so far. Yeah, kind of a it's it's a contemplative album, but it's also a depressing album. It's a melancholy album, and then all of a sudden, screaming onto the scene uh, is a song that you know, has a, has a boner in the title. And, uh, I think that this and the Carney throw me off about this album as a whole. It's, it's a very strange addition to, as you said, an otherwise pretty grim and, and, uh, downplayed set of songs. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, and the carny is as dark as it is. Uh, it's almost so over the top, like this song that you yeah. can't really compare it to the subtle, um, sorrowful or or isolated uh, nature of some of these other songs. Like, you know, especially "Stranger Than Kindness" uh, comes to mind, but you know, most of the others are are like that too. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, um, during the 2008 uh, Dig Lazarus Dig tour, this song was on uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds set list live. We saw this song live, and it was a very welcome surprise um, because this song is what some might call a deep cut. I would say a very deep cut. So, so deep at the time, I had no idea what I was listening to. Yeah, you know, honestly, I think, and, and this is a song I latched onto pretty early in my uh, listening career to Nick Cave, but um, I don't even think I realized what they were playing when they started up. I mean, it was so different, but yeah, pretty yeah, nifty. If, I, if I'm remembering correctly, it was, it was far more aggressive. It was a very, very in-your-face version of this. They really took that hard on and, and prodded us with it aggressively. Am I, am I remembering was, that correctly? I, you know, it's been a while um, I'll have to think back long and hard um, in my memory about that, but I do think they really hit us over the head with it uh, in a big way. It'll come. To, it'll come to you. Just keep thinking about it. I the, I do, and it, like a lot of the older songs they played at the time, I thought the arrangement was kind of just a huge mess everywhere. Very, very sloppy. It was. Um, yeah. It's it's hard to contain the excitement and when it when it blew up. That's what I remember the most is just taking that that big load of what they were given straight to the straight to the dome. Um. Yeah, I mean this uh, just a really throbbing, pulsating. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Which leads us right into the music. Um, this song to me is of a piece with songs like Tupelo and Saint Huck, and that really it's built around a you know s- sinister, um, especially repetitive bassline, um, courtesy of of the great Mick Harvey um, in this instance. Continuing a mild theme from the album, this song is in a weird time signature um, five eight, very very uncommon. And the bass really holds the song together all the way through. You know, you have sort of these shimmering layers of guitar. Um, you have a weird staticky sound effect. Yeah. Sort of percussive, which, you know, just guessing is probably Blixa. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard. But yeah, that's uh, it's, it's, it's a fairly straightforward song. Um, not a lot of changes to it. You know, a couple... Th- parts where things drop out and become quieter but really it's that bass in a weird time signature just dragging everything along it's one of those songs where i I feel like uh nick's delivery is really dragged along by the music it feels like he's always trying to catch up um and one of the things i really like about this one as well is the is the backing vocals from the band um serve to i think do do the work that you're talking about with the bass of holding it together they come in when it when it's needed the most and and really provide a lot of depth to that chorus um as well as just keeping it coherent when it feels like it's about to kind of fall off a cliff (laughs) yeah that's a good uh 
good way of putting it. And yeah, the I forgot to mention, yeah, the backing vocals are, uh, you know, making their return. Uh, they've been absent from some of of uh, the songs lately, but definitely back in a big way here. Yeah, shall we uh, venture on to uh, verse one? I think so. I'm I'm revved up. I'm ready to go. Let's dive right in. Penetrate deep into the lyrics of this song. No, it's not a go. You can cut that. <laughs> um, a real boner. <laughs> Dicks. Um, <laughs> jumping right into verse one. It is for she that the cherry bleeds, that the moon is steeped in milk and blood, that I steal like a robber from her altar of love. So, you know, some very loaded imagery here. Um, but for starters, we have the the two characters uh, thus far, she and I, uh, the narrator, and this object of, of as we will learn, his desire um, to bring it back to uh, some very old school Nick Cave uh, contexts or uh, yes. uh, traditions. Cherry and bleeding being, you know, loaded imagery uh, related to virginity or the loss of virginity. Milk and blood having different representations um, of of maybe different aspects of, of womanhood, if you choose to take it that way, you know, nursing, you know, menstruation, stuff like that. And then you have this, yeah. this creep, this creepo stealing. <laughs> it's a real freak. Like a <laughs> real freak behavior on this one. A very, you know, from her to eternity sort of yeah. uh, protagonist here. Yeah, no, we have we have Nick here reprising his role as you know the light footed thief who <laughs> steals into a poor woman's home and starts stealing shit, uh, brute that he is. And in this case, I think that this loaded imagery really suggests to me that he's uh, suggesting stealing things in a sexual manner. Of course, her altar of love. Uh, seems to be, as the song's title is referencing his own genitalia, perhaps the altar of love representing uh, his his subject's genitalia in some way. We get the cherry bleeding, which is of course the uh, you know sign of virginity. If the the hymen has been penetrated, they're going to get blood, um, and it's it's just really on the nose stuff what? here. <laughs> I've been meaning what? to have this discussion with you, and it's a shame we have to do it. It live in front of all these people but on the on the podcast yeah i'm andrew we've i just couldn't find the time before this but we're gonna break this down and so the and so you steal yeah no you have to break in you it's horrible it's a horrible event no one should have to go through this but here we are one day you'll learn huh <laughs> i don't think so but maybe <laughs> maybe maybe um but no, Nick here talking about this woman, uh, it's interesting to me that he says it is for she that the cherry bleeds and, you know, not to absolutely decimate a dead horse. But I believe, as we'll see in a couple lines and verses here, we're going to get pretty steeped in uh, biblical imagery. And so I took this opportunity to kind of dive in and, and understand what it was the the purpose of a hymen is and biologically science is kind of unsure however i do know that you know 
throughout history, we've placed a very strange importance on virginity uh, in no more place, uh, more importantly than in the historical context of the Bible that used to be a very, very important thing and still is in some places in the world. Uh, and, you know, a woman could actually be stoned to death for marrying someone as not if she wasn't a virgin. And, you know, you used to have to parade around the bloody sheets to prove to everybody that the woman was indeed a virgin. There was a, a whole thing back and forth with the husband. If he accused her of being not a virgin and she could produce sheets, then she didn't get stoned to death and he might get stoned to death. Blah, 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 blah. What a sweet deal. I know. It's, it's, I'm sure that never, uh, <laughs> sure that never ruined anybody's day. No, it was a really fun thing to do. And, you know, the, the whole idea is ludicrous. And so people would fake the bloody sheets and it was just a whole fucking nightmare. Um, you can just go down to Spirit Halloween and just <laughs> get the fake blood and that's right. $2.99. And, and, you know, they've got sheets there too. Two for one. That's right. You know, people are dressing up as ghosts. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. This has eye holes in it. All of this to say that Nick's saying here that it is for she that the cherry bleeds leads me to think that perhaps he is implying already, right out the gate, first line of the song, that uh, this is kind of a tongue in cheek warning about the person that he's lusting after, that she might not be a virgin, and that the whole reason to check if they are is to avoid people like this i've dived too deep and too greedily but i i'm sticking with that that's a hot intro to the song well and we gotta i mean there's so much biblical imagery so much uh you know loaded imagery here that it's you know we gotta gotta do our do our digging that's right um speaking of biblical imagery and terminology and language O money lender, O cloven gender, I'm the fiend hid in her skirts, and it's as hot as hell in here, coming at her as I am from above. Money lender uh, has a certain biblical significance itself. Um, the the idea of, and, and there's stuff in the Bible that's not, you know, wholly uh, negative towards the idea of the money lender, but the idea that you would lend someone that couldn't repay money and basically, uh, like certain uh, nations uh, today, uh, you know, basically turning turning people into indentured servants through oh. um, sort of the use of, uh, you know, interest that can never be truly repaid. Um, there is sort of in this line a an outcry against you know this this being a it's it's coming from the speaker so it's almost like he is decrying this perhaps this woman that he is apparently stealing from her altar of love (laughs) an um, accusation in something in the moment a strong accusation um now you know you can sort of you could uh take this idea and and extrapolate it and apply it to you know sexual context or you can just uh kind of feel like this guy's being a piece of shit (laughs) um but stealing stealing from like a robber from an altar of love is is it's funny he's he's taking something but he is um perhaps going to owe uh in some way uh, if you choose to read it that way yeah just a fun bit of of language really 
Yeah, exactly. Stealing something, but maybe he knows he's really only taking them on loan or like you said, the Bible really hates interest. And so he'll have to, he'll have to give back more than he took at some point. I like that. Exactly. Cloven gender. Um, I want to ask what you, what you got from this. Oh, yeah. Cloven, you know, we know the, the sort of, uh, you know, meaning of, of that, you know, divided or, you know, like the cloven hoof, you have the, the satanic, uh, imagery you have the sheep imagery which will come up um but i was wondering if you had any uh biblical insights uh being that you are a self-described uh religious fundamentalist uh sort of fanatics <laughs> i am and i appreciate you saying that because it's important that everyone know that about me um, when i talk about the bible i take it very literally but this line does not really have a whole lot of direct reference apart from, of course, the Bible's fixation on cloven animals, um, but also yes. cloven gender resembling a hoof in many cases is uh, the vagina. And so I think that this is, this is a turn of phrase that's intended to tie the female form with, of course, Satan and uh, other cloven creatures, which have, you know, very mixed uh reception in the bible but i i see it primarily as that tie between um, woman and the devil perhaps yeah i mean there is a, a very um specific reason i threw that over to you so you could say uh make an anatomical sort of uh, parallel that uh, i definitely picked up on but did not want to uh, be the person to bring up so thank you for Taking that bullet. Vagina. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, we have so much to talk about. I'm the fiend hidden her skirts, and it's as hot as hell in here, you know. Hell uh, being a place uh, from the Bible where it's really hot, and there's kind of this red guy, this devil there. Um, oh. You know, just comparing this, this perhaps warm, humid part of the anatomy to that another bit but also saying coming at her as i am from above you know he's almost got this sort of elevated place for himself um and and is choosing to make the journey down from there to uh basically assault this person hey you said all i could say about hell it is just it's a hot place with a red guy in it i see you are uh, studying up on your bible it's... Thank you. <laughs> Learning from the best. <laughs> Pat Robertson. <laughs> the man. Um, yeah, this is this is an interesting paragraph. I, I see him descending upon her kind of like a, a Bela Lugosi vampire, just kind of flat out, <laughs> slowly descending. Because the music here is so weird and like, not contemplative, but it's so just, it's slow. It's not as aggressive as perhaps the lyrics are. Um, but it is so ominous, it's so threatening. And so I just see that as he's like descending, just this weird stretched out goth Nick falling onto this poor helpless woman below. Um, well, that's a great point. The music does for that last line um, stop down and kind of just has that, um, you know, ambient sort of guitar before coming back in with the bass and drums for the chorus. It's interesting. It, it adds this really weird... I, I I think that's what turned me off of this song at first, many years ago, 
was that it's such a weird juxtaposition between music and subject. And so, yeah, this line is really where it hits me, but I, I do, I do love it now. Yeah. It's a, it's, I mean, it's very simple call and response. Um, you know, the chorus isn't much of a chorus. The music doesn't change. Um, it's just kind of, I guess, tougher to come out of a part that's in five, eight, uh, hard to make that that kind of change um without totally derailing the song <laughs> once they committed they couldn't really get out yeah do you want to take uh take us through verse two yeah so we we jump right in well i swear i've seen that girl before like she walks straight out of the book of leviticus but they can stone me with stones i don't care just as long as i get to kiss those gypsy lips gypsy lips and so we're back in the Bible, and this time a specific book, even uh, Leviticus. Um, looking up Leviticus and, and reading to see what a woman out of Leviticus would look like, it's a it's a big, long list of rules. It's what the Bible does best. It's very fun. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's a lot of rules regarding, like, marriage and, and the way a woman should be and sexual practices and rules for priests as well, strangely enough. Um so I I feel like this could go either way. It could be that again, if you know the tongue-in-cheek warning is to be taken, that this woman is kind of a poster child for what Leviticus is against, or the speaker here could be saying that you know she's kind of the Levitican ideal of of what a woman should be. Do you yes. uh, do you have anything on that? Yeah, I mean i I took it personally as. Like she walked, you know, uh, in in straight out of, you know, sort of the the tenor of this line makes me think this is a textbook example of the wrong kind of person um, to get involved with. But that is obviously this narrator's opinion, and this uh, narrator doesn't seem to mind. Um, yeah. But yeah, it seemed like like literally the term textbook example, like figure A. This is <laughs> this is how not to abide by this moral code. Um, that yeah, exactly. Le- Leviticus basically is just uh, you know how to act, and uh, sounds like uh, whether or not this person that the narrator is uh, infatuated with, to put it uh, kindly. Um, it's, it, it would seem like to me, this is a person that is sort of defying those things and in that enticing the narrator. Yeah, absolutely. And those things specifically, I mean, are all things we've dealt with before in, in Nick's songs up to this point. Um, you know, says the woman can't, you know, not be a virgin, can't be divorced, can't be a prostitute, all these things that, you know, we, we've seen time and time again, and so it, it seems like the perfect way for him to frame the woman in this song. And what's interesting is specifically all of these things are in a passage of Leviticus that deals with um, who a priest can or can't marry or, or take as, you know, their their lover. And so it's it's kind of, I think, a little foreshadowing to verse 3, not to spoil anything. But he's framing himself as kind of a, a servant of God in the reference to Leviticus, I think. I don't think that's too much of a stretch. Yes. No, I think that's that's definitely something um, that maybe isn't 
so necessary to pick up on to enjoy the song, but it's definitely something that uh, that stood out to me as well, for sure. Yeah, no, not not at all required. Um, but I, I do want to point out that that line is taken straight from the Bible, which is fun. It's it's poetic. It's kind of janky, but it's it's cool to see. You can uh, drive me in your driving car. It just feels very weird to say. Like you can, you can golf with a golf ball and a golf club. It's just so repetitive, repetitive of the same. The noun is the verb kind of thing. Yeah, like it's very odd. Stone him with canes. Stone him with like no, you're gonna stone him with stones. What the fuck? What are you talking about? Thanks, um, Bible. You know, gypsy, obviously an outdated term. We don't want to uh, offend, but um, it is in the text. The idea of the lips. We've already had, uh, you know, vaginal imagery. So I think you can take that the way you like. My aim is to hit this miss. I don't think it's uh, in much uh, relation to the the biblical imagery we've had, but we do have uh, some fun wordplay. Aim, hit, and miss. Nope. I'm moving in, you know, like a some kind of sexualized homing missile with Nick Cabe's head on it. Uh, coming at her like Lazarus from above. Now, what do you make of this last line? So I think that uh, we're, we're in his second go already. I think verse two is he's risen again and he's, he's coming back from the grave. Because as we know, Lazarus... Uh, was uh, the only, I believe, the only example of actual resurrection in the Bible. He died and was brought back to life, and uh, we'll deal with that many albums from now. But uh, yeah, I take this as a very crude way of saying that they're going at it once more. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I there, there's a way to take it as you know him being, you know, raised from the dead. It could be him post uh resurrection in that way you know being in an elevated position um but you can also which which has its own sort of sexual imagery attached to it but yeah i like to read it as he's maybe he's dead and up in heaven and in this second go round is him uh returning to returning from the firmament back to his body to uh yeah to to do the do the deed to hit this miss the lord is my shepherd and i shall not want the lord is my shepherd i shall not want but he leadeth me like a lamb to the lips of the mouth of the valley of the shadow of death <laughs> i love that i love that so much it's so clumsy to say it out loud but in the song especially with the this really interesting part of the song where it it you know, obviously it doesn't really change much, but it's it's really playing with which parts have more emphasis musically and which parts kind of die out. Um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, this idea that, you know, I can't really want for anything. I have, you know, the Lord, I have everything I need. But then the turn here, you know, the Lord is leading him <laughs> like a lamb <laughs> as the shepherd to... Uh, I mean, very unambiguous, uh, you know, religious language, but also anatomical uh, reference here. Oh, yeah. And he's, I mean, he's taking the Bible and he's corrupting the shit out of it because Psalm 23, where the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want, comes from, um, he, you know, it, it 
doesn't say that he leads him to the lips of the mouth. It says, you know, he lies me down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness. And uh, yeah, Nick's... A little different. <laughs> Nick's tainting it a little. But it's fun. Yeah, and then going with the sort of obvious anatomical uh, imagery here, we have I am his rod and his staff, his scepter and shaft. Uh, I mean... <laughs> I haven't learned, you haven't taught me about the birds and the bees yet, but I, I even I, a uh, an uninitiated, um, innocent, know exactly what this is referring to. And in a sense, it has this um, extension of, you know, the Lord, right? He, he, he is a tool of the Lord. Um, and in this way, I think it really calls back to what you were saying about um, perhaps the speaker being a man of the cloth. Um, someone uh, of a religious position himself. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a turn from the line immediately before it where, you know, he's the lamb being guided. Uh, Psalm 23 also talks about, yea, walk through the shadow of the valley of death. Um, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And so he's immediately, like, you know, going from the role of the lamb to being the rod and the staff of the Lord, the instrument himself, um, which is itself a, a form of corruption of the verse and uh really turns his his lamb guys into more of a wolf in sheep's clothing sort of thing um, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah just is a lot of i mean he's just going real ham with the phallic imagery at this point well i think there's been more of the you know the the feminine or the the vaginal imagery so far and, and we'll get it again you know she is heaven and hell at whose gates I ain't been delivered, I'm going to give the gates a shove. I mean, that's pretty vulgar, um, you know, imagery of, of, you know, perhaps penetration or perhaps, you know, if, 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 at the very most positive, just a, a very uh, spirited sex act, but maybe something even more sinister, obviously. But yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly very... Uh, a, cor a corruption of these biblical ideas in a very crude way that almost feels like this could have come straight from from her to eternity the album yeah yep we're not we're not so far away from that album yet that we've lost all sight of that uh very aggressive very sexualized violence that was so common on there um yeah the, the idea that he hasn't been delivered uh through the gates is is concerning and he's going to give them a shove to get inside uh, is also concerning. And in sharp contrast to uh, Stranger Than Kindness, where we where we talked about the duality of gates, but uh, talked about the <laughs> folks in that song scratching at the gate, you know, kind of out of uh, energy, just completely uh, listless in the world and, and unable to really function and, and very sad in that context. Whereas this, this man is just, is so aggressive he stands in stark contrast to those those people um but you know all talk of home and love or not all talk of love but all talk of home and connection and what was missing there has been stripped away and this is just very you know single-minded in his pursuit of uh love but really at the behest of his his heart on which <laughs> Is, is really guiding him to the gates and pushing him through yeah 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 i mean that's that's just about it we have some uh 
know, the song kind of breaks down, um, sort of like Jack's Shadow uh, did, and and this will kind of continue, um, you know, through through the next couple albums. But this this sort of degradation of the song, you know, it just kind of goes into this head banging, head against the wall, repetitive. Just we end the song by just repeating lines and just just really going out with a bang in her breast rise and fall um you know repeated ad nauseum and just when i'm about to get my hands on her um hard on for love breast rise and fall hard on for love you know just it, it just keeps repeating in this cycle um just uh musically and lyrically really driving home this this madness from lust which is just a in stark contrast to you know the eloquent bible references uh corrupted as they were uh, from earlier in the song you just kind of uh go into a kinetic mechanical um perhaps suggestive even in its in its uh repetitive and and uh metronomic nature yeah he, second and fourth her third and fourth verse and then it's then it's over yeah no he just kind of goes berserk he loses it and <laughs> just keeps repeating the same stuff and and this actually um i got i started getting this kind of after just too many listens but uh the phrasing that he keeps repeating you know after rising or breast rise and fall her breasts um hard off for love just when I'm about to get my hands on her, and then he never finishes that sentence, it almost mm-hmm. leads me to believe that he actually didn't do anything to her, that he was stopped somehow. Um, or that, like many of these speakers, it might all be in his head and he can't get there, and this is just some weird psychotic break um, that this man ends up um, falling into where you know he's fixated on this person or this concept and and just goes off and at some point snaps and just becomes so frustrated that you know gets stuck in a big loop and so i think i think that that's an interesting way to to phrase something that many many listens um it took a lot of listens to get to a point where i wasn't just kind of like oh the song's over it's repeating a bunch um and take that as perhaps a hint that i don't know this is more a more an internal madness uh 100% agree i i think it's it's hard to find anything in the text to uh you know figure out in what context he's unable to make this happen i mean there's certain that you could dig into you know he's a priest he can't actually act on this or whatever that's some that's a way you could go with it but there's i mean no that's totally there and it's just not really explained and then the song's over like he's just immediately woken up from a dream or something like that um it ends really abruptly and yeah it it would appear that in some some way he's not able to uh consummate this uh really awful (laughs) viewpoint of 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 you know women and the sex act and uh has this very who's to say whether this is perverse or not it might just be uh what happens when you devote yourself to a not to offend you my friend but when you devote yourself to religion and you are uh you know unable to uh, as you are personally uh act on these desires at all uh, under any circumstance 
well um driven mad with lust and you have these horrible perhaps these horrible images yeah no and that's i think why this is the most relatable song yet for me um because of my (laughs) religious vows that i've taken uh many times over that drive me to nightly madness uh in much the same way thinking about all of the things that i could be doing were i not such a fundamental christian so well and then on top of that both of us made a a a vow of uh you know born again virginity and uh celibacy because we wanted to start a podcast that that's that's part and parcel of what it takes to get this kind of stuff done and we were happy to do it for you the listener yeah absolutely podbean made us sign all this stuff and we had to dunk our heads in the river they sent a representative out and it was it was odd at first but as you said, I'm I'm happy to do it. it. It really did jibe with my religious leanings anyway. It was harder for you probably, Andrew. Um, I really, when that Spotify priest showed up at the door, I really had to uh, uh, just kind of think about my think about my future. Um, but it was an easy decision. You know, we're making lots and lots of money off this podcast, and uh, you know, it was worth it. That's how you make a podcast. A little Not behind the scenes. Speaking of doing a podcast and uh, making or not making money from it, Sean, where can they find us? Well, as always, you can use the internet and you can find us first on twitter.com at today's lesson pod. You can also send us an email. Did you like this episode? Do you like any of the episodes? Do you have a hard on right now? Uh, send us an email at todayslessonpod at gmail.com. Uh, sending us an email will also ensure you're first on the list for the extended DVD extras in which Andrew and I's hard ons will be prominently featured. Uh, and you can find us if you'd like to throw us some coin. Uh, you can find us on patreon.com slash todayslesson. Beer big daddy money lenders that's right oh please don't you have to be of the cloven gender you can be whatever gender you'd like but uh you know we won't we won't pay interest but we'd really appreciate it andrew what uh what should the listeners be listening to for next time well uh dear listeners the next time uh for the next time on this podcast you should be listening to the next track on this album the penultimate track on this album, not including the bonus track. So uh, I don't know what that word would be, (laughs) but... Trenultimate. It's Trenultimate. (laughs) Let's go with that. Trent Trent Ultimate um, song. Just listen to She Fell Away. God damn it. (laughs) Just, Just listen to that song, please. We'll have a special guest next time, Trent Ultimate. (laughs) <laughs> famous uh, wwe wrestler <laughs> an extreme <Ultimate>. podcaster <laughs> he has been celibate for longer than any of us and it really shows yeah he's uh god he'll he'll look you in the eyes and he won't let go <laughs> um until next time we uh, we, we love have have Hard ons. Giant hard ons. Robbing hard ons. (laughs) 
Uh, we love Nick Cave. Wait, wait. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Oh, I love Nick Cave too. We're sorry. Bye.